It is week two in the Siouxland. Welcome into another edition of the SCJ Preps Football Preview Podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Zach James, and joining me as always is Sports Editor Justin Rust. And Justin, we finally got to see some football over the week. Um, You got to see some in between some lightning delays. I saw a barn burner between East and Heelan, and here we go with another week uh, down the road here in week two. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a good week of football to start off with. Uh, yeah, lightning, lightning delays would make it fun on Thursday. But yeah, it was a lot of interesting things happening in week one. Um, I think we found out a lot about some teams on week one uh, yes. right, right away. So, yeah. And we'll talk about all seven uh, city metro teams here in the podcast of the games we're looking at to talk about coming up in this podcast include Yankton at Dakota Valley, East at West at Olson Stadium on Friday night. Hoyland travels to Sergeant Blue Fluton. Sioux City North will play Thomas Jefferson on Thursday night. Glenwood will play at Memorial Field against the Pitcher Peeling Crusaders. And Ralston will play at 1-0 South Sioux to uh, round out the Metro calendar for your Friday night football picture let's start with the Thursday night game Jefferson and North Justin you'll be at that game and to follow Justin during that game go to uh, Justin's Twitter handle which is at Justin Rust or you can follow me as well at Zachary W. James I'll be retweeting him a few times throughout the night as well and always go check out SiouxCityJournal.com at the end of the night to see how that game went now last year's game uh, wasn't conventional to say the least. Last year's game ended up being a 99-81 to win. I believe North won that. And no, uh, uh, yeah, TJ I think won. North won. Yeah, North won yeah. yeah, I think North won that. And just seeing that score, you were in Illinois. I was in Wisconsin. And when I saw the score come across on Twitter that, that night that it happened, my jaw dropped. I, I started trying to text people who I knew up here in Siouxland. I didn't know much people. So I tried to text um, some people I knew with the radio Iowa statewide show. And, and they said, yeah, that's the actual score with no typos, no, nothing like that. 99 to 81 in 11 players. Sure, you'll see scores like that at the eight-man level and, and smaller uh, football levels on the Nebraska and South Dakota side, maybe. But 99 to 81, uh, do you foresee that happening again, Justin? Not a chance. Not a chance. Uh, you know, North graduated a lot of their offense from last year. Um, Deontay Combs, uh, Matt Hagan um, are two come to mind. So, you know, you're working in a different quarterback uh, in that with Gavin Hoggy. Um, and Thomas Jefferson does not throw the ball that much anymore. Uh, I guess I haven't looked to see how much they passed it last year, but they're running a wing tee formation. So they were running the ball a lot more. So that was eating up more clock last week. So if they score that many points – we saw a lot of 80-yard runs and a lot of bad defense on Thomas Jefferson's part because in week one, neither offense showed the propensity to, to rack up a ton of points right there. So I, I know TJ scored 31 points, but a lot of that was aided by turnovers on the yep. side. Yep, and then they didn't need to throw the ball much against a team like uh, West either. I, I agree with you. I don't think it'll be a 91-81 game. I can see the school, both teams getting into maybe the 20s or the low 30s but certainly not um, to the caliber 
of what they did last year. What do you think, just out of curiosity, and yeah, we'll talk about that last year with them a little bit with, with these two teams meeting back up. What do you think that game did? Did that game mean anything in terms of the landscape of Iowa? Do you think some people kind of hated on uh, high school football here in the state? Did, did, did it give Iowa high school football a black guy is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, and Council Bluffs, Thomas Jefferson did win that game actually, 99 81. Oh, Jefferson won um, that game. Okay. It, it did. It did. It was a talking point for a bit, but neither team did anything. The two teams combined for five wins. So I think at the end of the year, everyone kind of knew it was just bad football. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, let's, well, let's say it for what it is. It was a bunch of teams that, didn't, that couldn't play defense that just threw the balls around as much as they could. Um, and that, that's basically what it was because. Uh, Cameron Baker rushed for 357 yards and eight touchdowns. My goodness. Jermaine Green, who's back, rushed for 208 yards. And Cameron Lovoski rushed for 178 yards. Green's the only one that's back on those three. So when it showed North couldn't stop the, the stop the run game to save their lives. And two, it showed you that Matt Hagen put up great numbers in that game. Mm-hmm. And Council Ball Thomas Jefferson couldn't couldn't stop the, the pass that game. So I just – they looked – I don't know how good – I mean, West run game probably isn't that good. But, you know, North stopped the run – or they stopped West run game. Okay, so I don't know. I I don't think it really meant anything now. It's a talking point here and there. But in terms of it meaning anything now, I don't think it really did anything to it because I think everyone kind of knew it was kind of a gimmicky game. Mm-hmm. Because last year, Council Bluffs scored um, – they got blown out 56 nothing in back-to-back games against – Lewis Central and West Des Moines Valley. So it was what it was. Two win, two teams that combined for five wins is all it was. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Moving on now as we preview now the Friday games in the metro area. And let's start off with the game I will be at on Friday night. Yankton taking on Dakota Valley. Uh, Justin, you know these two teams very well from your previous days in the Siouxland. I'm looking forward to this game. I, I, Dakota Valley played Madison really close last week in the season opener. Kind of, you'd like to see the Panthers have won that game against Madison, but it was a good first test and a good, good taste of the playoffs in early in late August. Yeah, it's an interesting game because you have an 11 AA school versus an 11 A school, and Dakota Valley has been really successful. Yankton's had their moments throughout the years. I believe three years ago they won the 11 AA title. Um, it's sometime and it's not too far in the past. And um, Brady Muth is going to do what he does, and he's going to try and pound the football. He'll, they'll, they'll throw some plays out there here too. They'll play tough defense, and that's what Yankton's built their program around for the last three decades, four decades, I should say. And Dakota Valley, they're going to play tough defense. They're going to be big up front, uh, and they're going to try and pound the football like they have the last few years. Like, and Zion Robinson did a good job. Uh, in this first game in there at quarterback and and really moved the ball uh, against a tough team. Um, I don't think Yankton's going to throw it as much as Madison did. Uh, Madison's got their quarterback back, so, you know, they did a decent job against the run, I thought. They did give up some yards, but they limited the damage on the run game. It's the passing game that really hurt them in that game against uh, Dakota Valley. Yankton's going to be a big group um, in that aspect. Uh, are they going to be as big as Dakota Valley up front? Maybe. Uh, but the fact that Dakota Valley can be as big as Yankton up front 
is pretty good for Dakota Valley in that aspect. So if, if Dakota Valley plays tough defense, it's going to be a grind-out game between the two teams. And it could come down to the wire, just like last week's game. Uh, yeah. Yankton expects to be pretty good this year. They're ranked in the top five in 11A. Yeah, it seems like uh, this game will be won in the trenches. And, and uh, like you said, a grinded-out uh, type of battle. Not Certainly not 99-81. No, it definitely won't be. Um, you know, maybe who knows? Maybe both teams get in the thirties. I, I don't see that. Uh, I see it. You know, another tough game for Dakota Valley right off the bat, and, and see how they do here. And um, I just like how Dakota Valley hung with Madison there. I know there's no moral victories and such, but considering how mm-hmm. much they had to replace, stick with Madison. This will be another game that tests them right away. And and you know they'll they'll get it. They'll probably get in the playoffs. And these early games can really help shore up what they need to do to make a deep run in the playoffs. And that's, you know, Jeff Vandenhall does a very good of that, a very good job of, of getting this team to be prepared. So and I, I, I'll tell you this. I bet you, you know, I know Dakota Valley was ranked fourth going into the last week's game, but I bet you there's a lot of people around the state that were a little surprised that game was close to what it was with what Madison has returning because Madison's ranked number two there. And, and they're kind of a, they're one of the state title favorites. So I think a lot of people were surprised as, as close as it was. Do you think it was a surprise by people around the state that the Panthers played Madison as close as they did? I think it was a little bit of a surprise for some people. For me, it wasn't too too bad because, you know, that's what Dakota Valley does is reload every year. And there's, there's smart enough people around the state to know that. But I bet you there were some people, especially up north, that were a little surprised by that score last week. But that just shows you what Jeff Vandenhall has, has going there at Dakota Valley. He's reloading. Instead of rebuilding, he's reloading every year. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that's the key right now. That's – that's why he's such a good coach. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that game. It'll be uh, the fifth different state I've covered a high school football game in. And you can follow me at Zachary W. James on Twitter. And, of course, at SiouxCityJournal.com as well. The other games on Friday, let's start out at Olsen Stadium. East taking on West. West will be the home team. West didn't have a good debut last th- Thursday night, but the Black Raiders certainly did, edging a Bishop Hill in 20 213 and, and that's one of the better high school games I've seen in the last few years granted I haven't I didn't see many games in 2017 or 2018 up in the Wisconsin area but my return back to Iowa was well worth it seeing a very very closely knit 20 to 13 game and and like coach Brian Webb told me after the game I think East can use this as momentum going forward and the Black Raiders can kind of start building uh, a 2-0 record possibly before facing Sergeant Bluff next week. Yeah, uh, this is uh, that was a huge win for East. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. Um, you know, to beat the rival Helan in that one, you know, that's a team they haven't had much success with in a long time again. So, I think six yeah. years senior quarterback Casey Blake told me. Yeah, and, and, and even so, like even the previous games, Helan did beat them 24-14 in, in uh, two thousand and. Uh, 15. So that was a closer game, but you know, last year's game wasn't even close. No, 44 and it hasn't been close for the last two years. Then East comes out and they're down 7 nothing at halftime. You know, for them to get that win, it's huge. The last time they beat them was 2014. Uh, 31-21 is the last time East won that game. Okay. And East went on to have a 6-4 and four record. They went out, they beat, uh, they lost to Dowling, they lost to Lewis Central that year, Johnson and Joaquin. Those are pretty, those are usually four pretty good teams yes. right there. Um, so, you know, they, this this could be something that vaults them up to them. You know, 
vaults them up, you know, that gets them into the playoffs. And that's that's been mm-hmm. the key. They've missed it for three straight years. The key's been getting back in the playoffs. And their schedule's not exactly an easy one. You know, like I said, you have Sergeant Bluff Luton coming up. Then you have, you know, Dowling on that schedule on Ankeny. So it's it's not an easy schedule. So you have like getting that one against Healand's huge if you want to make the playoffs. Because now you have to win the games that you definitely can win. That's West, that's Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Hoover's gonna be one of those games I think they can win. North. Um, we'll see how they do against Des Moines Lincoln. So the the fighting now uh, will will Macleraby's. So, um, yes. so that was huge to get that first one there because it does a lot for RPI because Helan's always considered a higher up there team and that'll help for the RPI and we'll see what this does for them going forward. Did it should, that it should be a really good thing? Did that win for East? Do you think that will be the game that eventually will catapult the Black Raiders into the playoffs? As long as they take care of their business in those other games, yes. That, that could be the game that ca- catapults them in there into the playoffs. That, that definitely could be because, I mean, I see – I think they lose to Sergeant Bluff Luton. I think they lose to da- – I mean, they're going to lose to Dowling Catholic. I think well, he there. almost beat him this week, so, last week. East has a long way to go before they're in the walkie conversation. I agree. They're, 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 very, they're very far down. I mean, beating Heelan didn't even get them receiving votes in the poll this week because Heelan isn't as – big as a deal as they used to be and, and so it's, it's a very big win for east but if, if you can win those other games like i said sergeant bluff luton dowling catholic and ankiana put down his losses so if you can go if you, you can win the rest of your game then you're right in position to make the playoffs so yeah so that's that's a big one there yeah. that's that yeah. kind of the swing one I can't guarantee it because of RPI, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. And on the other side, West, you saw that game last week, 31-6 to loss against Jefferson. Uh, Devin Fry did throw for 127 yards, according to Quick Stats, last week. They didn't get much on the ground. What do you think West needs – how do you think West, need, West needs to adjust to face a, a team like East, to face a team like North next week and then uh, September 20th at Memorial? I mean, this this is going to sound pretty bad, but they need to learn not to jump off. Uh, they need to learn not to have like eight false starts in a game. They need to learn the game be, uh, better. They need to play better up front. Um, they were they, their false starts were, were were just really bad. So they they need to become more organized. They need to learn the game better. And that's that's basically what Coach Schmidt said after the game. They're a young team learning a bunch of this stuff. So um, there's talent there, but there's a lot of learning to do yet. So they've They've got a long way to go. It, it, it could be a little rough for West this season. Up next is Harlan at Sergeant Bluff Luton. Sergeant Bluff losing to Lewis Central last week. Um, how much do you think that was a punch in the face to Sergeant Bluff getting that type of um, result against Lewis Central? That was a very tough loss right there for, for Sergeant Bluff Luton. No Max Duggan for for Lewis Central, yet they were able to run all over the, they were able to run all over uh, Sergeant Bluff in that first quarter. Um, scoreless second quarter, scoreless second half in that game, but Lewis Central just had no problems in that game, um, in that first half. Uh, you know they just overpowered Sergeant Bluff Luton at the line of scrimmage. They were bigger than Sergeant Bluff Luton. That's one thing. The line has to come together both offensively and defensively for them. Just can't be just Wade Fair on the defensive line. And they were able just to run all over them. Um, uh, that, that was huge. And, and, and Sergeant Bluff couldn't get anything going consistently. Um, a big part of Sergeant Bluff Luton has been the ground game over the past. Britton Delperdang, each of the last two seasons, has rushed for over 1,000 yards. And 
Now he's at Morningside for a reason uh, as yeah. a running back. So uh, if he can't have the holes, he can't open things up for Joma Shrudler, and, and they were all over him. I think he had only 24 yards that night. Um, and so all of it rests on the hands of, of Daniel Wright. They had a couple drops from what I was told. Um, they did have some performances, but they shut down Derek Fitzgerald. So they did, they did have, um, <coughs> excuse me. They did, they did have a uh, Carter, uh, Carter Schumacher did step up with five receptions for 61 yards, but Derek Fitzgerald only two receptions. Uh, you know, they held Daniel Wright under 50% completion percentage with two interceptions and he had an exceptional year last year, but they have to find a way to, to, to play better up front. Cause that'll open up the uh, 38 yards for drummer Shrudler is what he had. So they need to open up things better up front for this offense. So they're going to, it's going to be tough against really good opponents and Harlan's a really good team. They beat Dennis from last week, 27, 22 last week. They're ranked. Monson only was seven to 22 passing with two interceptions. So offensively, they weren't that great. Jonathan Mon- Monson did rush for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Harlan hasn't been as dominant as they have been in the past. But Sergeant Bluff got punched in the face last week. They need to find a way to bounce back. And Harlan's a tough team to do it against because uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Denson Sussweg is an improved team, but, you know, beating them by five, I think, it, you know, shows that Denison is better. But also mm-hmm. shows me Harlan's not the the state title contender, which, which has kind of been a theme here been. for the yeah. past five years. So yeah. that program's dropped off a little bit, but they're still pretty good and they'll be – a very tough test for Southern Yeah, and, and yeah. Horland did lose quarterback Gretzen Mulligan, who is now the starting quarterback yep. as a freshman for Briar Cliff. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I think Sergeant Bluff needs to get this game in the win column to get things going. And maybe this, is, this was just a fluke. Maybe it was just a week one scary type of game, and, and they'll move past it. But uh, well, to, last to have less than 60 rushing yards yeah. in the season opener, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, they got dominated up front. It can be a week one, week one up uh, call, but you, you have Harlan, you have East, you have Boydenhall, Rock Valley, you have Helan, Lamars, Spencer, Denison, Trustwig, and Stormway. There's no easy games in there, so nope. they got to figure it out fast. So, Moving on now to another game. You're listening to the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com and wherever you find your podcasts alongside Justin Rust. I'm Zach James. Let's move on now to, to uh, closer to downtown and talk about Heelan's first home game of the season against Glenwood. That'll be a Friday night at 7 p.m. I, I think the game for Heelan last week, Justin, was kind of a blessing in disguise to show the Crusaders that, yes, they're still good. And, yes, Brian Hogue is a very capable quarterback, but it shows them that they're not – that they are able to lose, that they, they're not perfect, and they need to come out and play more solid on a weekly basis. Now, how that turns around, if Roger Jansen finds a way to turn that around, we'll see on Friday night. But, I, yeah, it was a loss to East, but I don't really want to call it a – bad lots to ease because I think it could have could serve as a wake-up call it can serve as a wake-up call but um they couldn't get go- anything going offensively and that was kind of a problem last year they were they were basically a one-trick pony with Tommy Schwartz last year and they don't have Tommy Schwartz this year and they struggled to score points and they struggled to 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 sustain drives the defense wasn't bad uh Kobe Bork is in there you know Kobe Claiborne's playing pretty well inside already um 
they, they've got some defensive pieces, but the offense struggled, and that was the thing. Um, talking to him in the preseason, Roger Jansen was confident they could put players in and out and solve a consistent offense. In game one, that certainly wasn't the case. Camden Lee had some nice carries. They got some nice carries here and there, but they didn't sustain drives. Uh, from, from why I got reading your game, and, and East defense really stepped up there. Yes, they did. Um, they need consistent offense. They, they need to sustain drives. That's that's you know one of the besides blocking up front. That's one of the consistent things offensively that you need. That's 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 a bread and butter offensively right there. They need to figure it out fast because once again their schedule is not exactly Cupcake. for the faint of heart either. So you know they'll have Glenwood, but then they have Western Christian. Western Christian was receiving votes. We'll see how they do here. That could be an interesting game there, too. West, Sergeant Bluff-Luton, Denison Schleswig, Lamars, Storm Lake, and Spencer. And I know Spencer lost to Spirit Lake, but Spirit Lake has a pretty good team this year. So, um, And that's the last game of the season for Spencer. I guarantee you Spencer has a lot of things figured out by the last game of the year. So, um, so Helan's got to find a way to get something going offensively because that mm-hmm. was a problem last year. Without Tommy Schlitz, it was a lackluster offense in week one. Do you think that puts more pressure on Brant Hogue to have to make more big plays? I think it does because I don't know if he has the playmakers to make those big plays. I don't know if he has a downfield deep threat because it wasn't really shown in week one from what from what I got out of your story. that They didn't really have a guy that could go for a big play. Camden Lee can, can pound the rock a little bit, but, you know, you don't want to just get in that rut where everyone can stack the box and stop Camden Lee. I think he's going to have a good year, but they need a downfield deep threat, and there should be someone on that team for it, or someone that just runs basic five yards out that can get open consistently, or, or something needs to be opened up in that offense a little bit right now. Yeah, and Lee had a couple big receptions too, especially I think a 40-yard play in the second half, and Hogue kind of opened the offense up a little bit, but you're right. They need to be more than a one-trick pony like they were last year. They need to have the run game. Uh, come open a little bit. They tried to get something going with the rushing game, but I think the big, the two biggest plays, obviously, were pass plays last week. Do you point to about not finishing drives? That is a good point because they did have a. Uh, they were in the red zone late in the fourth quarter, and um, the East secondary just broke up a couple pass plays. Yeah, there were a couple drops too, but it's game one, so we'll we'll give the receivers. Uh, um, get out of jail court on that one. But they do need to finish drives, especially when it's late, especially when you're in the red zone. Finish the drives. That equates to points. That looks, that puts less pressure on the offense. And that puts a little less pressure on the defense, obviously, too. And that's not to say the defense didn't play well. I think East offense played better than the healing defense, obviously. But the healing defense... Uh, around the nucleus of Kobe Claiborne, it's in a bad defense. Could it improve? Absolutely. But there is stuff to work off of. I think it's a good defense. I just think they're on the field too much. And and that's a good point, too, because it did seem like East offense was uh, on the field 60-40 ratio Friday night, night, and the offense just needs to stay on the field a little bit quicker. So that, that is a good point by you. That's that's key. I mean, you can have a really great defense, but if they're on the field way more than they should be, that's always gonna be that's always gonna be a problem. Final game in the metro area: Rolfson taking on one and South Sioux. And when Coach Christopher Stein called in to the office on Friday night, 
to report his score. I, I was uh, in, in awe that they had beaten Omaha. Brian, I think it was, by 56 to 27, I think it was. So good for the Cardinals yep. to break a two-year skid. Yeah, that was huge. Um, you know, I, I wrote the story about Jake Aikens today and, and, you know, how they really refined his technique and such. It looked like it paid off in, in game one. That's that's that college coaching coming into play right there. Yeah. Um, you know, Chris Stein was trusts his son, Tristan Stein, to, to really refine uh, the throwing motion and the footwork. And it came in big. And, and Aikens has confidence this year. That's something he didn't have last year, and he admitted that. He's able to make some good plays. Was this a world beater? No, Omaha Bryan's only win last year was against South Sioux. Was it a win that snapped a 19-game losing streak? Yes. And what can that confidence do for a team? Everything. A I'm not. I mean, they can't make the playoffs this year based on based on the fact that they're an A-team playing B-ball. So they can't make the playoffs. But can they win two, three games? Yes. And what would that do for the program? That would be huge because then you can build off that because there hasn't been anything to build on the last two years. Now in game one, you have something to build on because you have a passing attack that looks good and the defense stepped up at times there too. So, you know, if they can keep this offense rolling a little bit, as Aiken said, they, they were just so happy on the bus ride back and, you know, I'm they, sure they, feel they, they can build off it. They, they're going to watch the film and everything too. So it, when you lose 19 games in a row, that really takes a toll on the team. Mm-hmm. And it's been the same group. Now the senior group is trying to lead this team to a different direction with Chris Stein there. And it worked in game one. Won't work in game two. Boston's a better team. We'll see. But, you know, confidence confidence is the biggest thing in sports, and, and they have it after week one. And I think for, for the Cardinals, too, this win, it gives Stein a little bit of, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it, it, it allows the community to buy into the program now. Stein was selling the program all spring and all summer, saying, hey, this is a brand-new team we're bringing in here and a brand-new voice. Now people are going to start listening to that voice maybe coming out to games uh, now, that, now that they broke their 19-game losing streak. So I, I think for Stein, it gives him a little bit of, I don't, I don't really want to say confidence because I don't think he had any lost confidence to begin <laughs> with. But I think it gives Stein a little bit of authenticity to what he brings. Yeah, I get, I get, it's, a, it's not just, hey, this is just, you know, you, you hear rebuild so many times, you start to hear lip service. But mm-hmm. you, you hear change culture after so many years of losing, you hear lip service. The, you know, one game in, he proved he's trying to ch- turn it around. He's given all the credit to the seniors um, and how they've, they've been pushing to turn it around. And, and, and they really did in game one. I mean, that's that's a 30 that, – that's about a 60-point turnaround from last year. Yeah, so. that's a huge turnaround. It absolutely – even bigger than what East did. That's an absolutely – Absolutely big turnaround. One other point I want to talk about with South Sioux, and I think you mentioned this in your Metro Athlete of the Week story too. Go check that out at SiouxCityJournal.com and in Wednesday's edition. Aiken is playing secondary for the first time. He's playing on the defensive end. And when I talked to him in the preseason about it, he was excited to do it, but I don't think he was fully sure what it entailed. And he got an interception on Friday night. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, the, they just want him to play. Uh, they want him to break up passes back there, and that's exactly what he did with his height. He he picked off a pass, and if he can do that, you know, that's, that's going to be huge in, in breaking down big plays uh, for him to be able to read the quarterback where he's going deep uh, to, break up, break, to break up big plays yeah, on that yeah, one. So. Yeah. 
Elvis Warren with Siouxland. Uh, West Sioux stays at number one after a big win after Boyden Whole Rock Valley. Uh, I think this is going to be a really big theme throughout this season, just in that. And yes, this is a big win for the Falcons, and and they'll oh, it's a huge one. Yeah. They'll have less significant wins. I don't want to say it like that, but they'll definitely have less significant wins. But I think this is this is the way perfect way uh, Coach Schwiezow wanted the uh, season to start. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that beat West Sioux last year and went on to play for two A state final. Um, will the Nighthawks do it again? I don't know. They've got a very talented team. They did lose Keaton Mosier, but their backup looked good. So this is a very good start for for West Sioux right away. You know, there's some doubts about the line, and, and Barry Post said the line looked fine on that night. And, you know, adding Bryce Kopic adds some dynamics to it. And Blake Balugan had a huge game as a sophomore with, with three touchdowns. This is a very dangerous offense once again. And, you know, uh, I figured it'd be a shootout, but they won by almost 30 points against a very good offense of, of Boyden Hall, Rock Valley. That's a team they gave up 42 points to last year. So they scored against that team this year. Yes, the Nighthawks are replacing some things, but they're going to be a very good team this year. Again. Did that- yeah. Does that show how much how dominant West Sioux could be this year, beating a team like the Nighthawks by 30? Yeah, it does show how dominant they can be by beating the Nighthawks by 30. But, you know, you look at their schedule, you know, Western Christian and, and, and West Lyon are on there, and Emmitsburg uh, are on the schedule too in late season, so there's still some challenges there. I do think they're going to blow out Central Lyon this weekend. Uh, Sioux Center is the week after that. Uh, it looks like Galen struggled in their first game, so um, Silvio Cheating has been kind of struggling. So, I'm not saying cakewalks these next few weeks, but when you're a team like West Sioux, it's, it, it'll be taken care of business time. Then those la- three of those last four games with Western Christian, Westline, and Emmitsburg, we'll learn a lot about them again. But this this first game was absolutely huge. It was circled by many people around the state and what each, each team could do. And honestly, I don't think either team disappointed. No, no, I don't, I don't think so either. You mentioned Spirit Lake earlier in the episode. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from Spirit Lake doing what they did last week? Um, you know, Spencer's always a team to beat for them, and, and they got that win. That was huge for them to pick up that win against Spencer to start the season because um, uh, Spencer's receiving votes still in the poll. So um, in terms of what it does from the rest of the season, it gives them a good amount of confidence. And I, I say that, but that's a huge thing right there. Um, Brent Scott was 16 of 23 passing. That's huge. Gavin Harms rushed for 102 yards on, on that. So um, their defense played well against what is typically a good Spencer offense. So uh, it showed they have good potential to play top-quality offense and top-quality defense in game one. Um, when you look at, at, Spen- at Spirit Lake's schedule, they've got, they're have got they at Forest City, and they got Central Lions. It, it, it's not a huge schedule by any means, but mm-hmm. that was probably the toughest game on their schedule, and they came out and got a win, and now I don't want to say they can go on cruise control, but that puts them in good position to get a nice seed for the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So good for Spirit Lake to start out the season the way that they did. Anything else that caught your eye outside of week one? Um, also, really with a nice one over Lawton Bronson, 27-7. to uh, um, they've got a big test this week against Storm Lake. That's a bigger school than them. They're only they're only about you know twenty minutes apart. They're not that far apart. Um, actually, they might be fifteen minutes apart on that one. Storm Lake is one to know in the season. Alter really is one to nothing. Alter really is ranked. Um, they got a great game out of Anthony Creer. He rushed for a ton of yards, three touchdowns. 
Um, I think it was about 150 yards that he had on the ground. So they're going to attack with him on the ground. This is a team that lost Nick Gase, but they still played well defensively in that game, even with losing the D1 recruit because he's at University of South Dakota now. So that was a, that was a huge game one win uh, on that part. Remsen St. Mary's against Audubon was another one. Uh, with 6.5 seconds left, they got the game-winning score to win 26-25. Audubon wow. blew the ever-living crap out of them last year. Um, so for, for Rums and St. Mary to get that win this year by a point shows how far they've come in, 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 the, in the week. They're ranked in the top five, and they proved it that week because Audubon is still ranked in the top ten, and they have a decent amount back from last year. So those are some big games. Um, I don't know how good Central Line will be this year, uh, or Central Line and George Little Rock will be this year. I, I don't know if they're a playoff team, but West Lyon showed the improvements they made this year. They got a lot of people back this year just absolutely annihilated Central Line George Little Rock, 35 to nothing. Mm. That was a huge game right there for them to show right away that I think they're contenders in 1A, and that West Sioux West Lion game is, is going to be absolutely bonkers. And um, Western Christian got a win last week, um, 21 nothing against MLC Floyd Valley. You know, that's a good win for them. They're tested this week against Boyden Hall Rock Valley. So if Western Christian wants to make a statement, this is the week to do it. But I think Boyden Hall Rock Valley, this might be the wrong week that you yeah. want to face Boyd and Hall Rock Valley on that aspect. They're not um, happy. Going, no, they're not. And going back to eight-man, you have New Alfonda. Um, they edged one out against Collins Maxwell. They are they lost Bryce Kopic. They did score 50-some points. Collins Maxwell was a team that struggled last year. So uh, in that aspect, uh, they got a tougher test this week in, in Coon, River, Coon Rapids Bayard, I believe, uh, if I'm looking at the schedule correctly. Coon Rapids is a team that's receiving votes. So you go from a team that struggled last season to a team that's expected to be good. Well, this is going to be a very big test for New Alfonda here. I mean, losing your quarterback that rushed for 1,600 yards is no easy task. So and it's at Coon Rapids. So we'll see how New Alfonda bounces back in a tight game for that one. Uh, Westwood had a very good one against um, Akron West, Westfield last week. Um, uh, Carter Koppel played very well. That defense played very well. Akron Westfield is replacing a, a very dynamic quarterback, but would Westwood really stepped up in the second half of that game, got things going offensively in the, in the run game with, with Carter Koppel and, and the defense was swarming there. Um, they've got uh, uh, Riverside this there we're Riverside this week. Um, so that, that's a game there. Um, so we'll see it. it it's going to be an interesting game. Remsen St. Mary's also has Boyer Valley this week. So that's another tough test. Uh, not as tough as Audubon, but, Boyer Valley is a team that's also receiving votes. That's going to be another test for Rams and St. Mary with a road test right there. So um, those are kind of the teams that, that stuck out to me last week. Like I said, we, we learned a lot about teams last week, about where they stand. I know it's only week one, but we definitely learned a lot. And that's part of the reason why we, we kind of took a step back on podcast stuff because we didn't really know about teams last week. And now that we've give, given teams a chance to play in the first week, we, we kind of have an idea – of who teams are and it, our, our, our opinions of teams could change next week or for better or worse. But for right now, we have a pretty good sense of who is who. Yeah, exactly. You know, and we'll learn a little bit more. Like I said, Western Christians got Boyd and Hall Rock Valley, you know, so we'll see what, how, how big that 21, nothing win was, you know, um, it'll just be interesting to see how some of these teams bounce back. I'm interested to see how Spencer bounces back this week. Um, against Webster City. Webster City is a team that's one and known. It's traditionally it's been a tough team. Yeah. Um, sometimes ranked, 
So I'm interested to see how Spencer bounces back in the home game against Webster City. Uh, that, that, that's a big one there. What does Sue, Sue Center do against West Line? I don't expect much, but maybe, who knows? Something could come out of that game um, in, in that aspect. Does Akron Westfield bounce back against Lawton Bronson? Uh, that, that's one there. Like we mentioned, Sergeant Bluff Luton against uh, unranked Harlan. I, I guess I had ranked for Harlan. They are unranked. They're receiving votes. So um, what does Hartley Melvin Sanborn do against Usherville Lincoln Central? They, they got a tight 6 nothing win against an Okaboji team that's not that good. So does Denison Schleswig go to Abraham Lincoln and, and take care of business? So, you know, those, those are kind of the questions for this upcoming week uh, for some of those teams. So. And, and we'll get them answered on Thursday and Friday night here coming up in week two of the Iowa high school football season as well as Nebraska and South Dakota. And, and I should mention out there, too, that, you know, uh, Wakefield had a very big win last week, too, over, over uh, Creighton, I believe. So that was a big one, too, um, in, in that aspect. So Wake, Wakefield started off the year very well and on the Nebraska side of things. So. Did, did Wakefield throw any knuckleballs? Uh, not that I know of. So <laughs> Miss watching Tim Wakefield pitch. Anyway, <laughs> that'll do it for this latest edition of the SCJ Preps podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, check out SiouxCityJournal.com for all your video, all videos, podcasts, stories, obviously. And, of course, check out the print edition, too. For sports editor Justin Rust, I'm assistant sports editor Zach James. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.